Thank you for your presence today. God's design for family is progressively eroding. Today, countless families do not come close to His divine standard, and we don't have to look far to see its impact. The head of the family is the Father, who is responsible for the spiritual, physical, and mental development of His family. Sadly, too many children grow up without a father's godly influence, resulting in boys having no respect for girls and girls having no respect for themselves. Keep Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander cautions us to return to God's design for the family. Have your Bibles? Turn with us to the book of Job, chapter 1, verse 5. Job, chapter 1, verse 5. And there you'll find these words. And when the days of the feast had run their course, Job would send and consecrate them, and he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did continually. I want to preach this Father's Day on the message, the qualities of a priestly father, the qualities of a priestly father. If you have pen and paper, it is critical that you write these down because God is going to give you something you're going to need. So I ask that if you would, the principles of the word of God is worth writing down and it will bless your heart immeasurably. Fathers. The family is sacred. People don't look at the family as sacred, but it is sacred because it was created by God. And he has placed husbands and fathers as the head of the home. Wives, your husband cannot be the head or priest in your home unless you are willing to submit to him in accordance with scripture and not with the culture. First Corinthians chapter 11 verse 3 says, but I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ. The head of a wife is her husband and the head of Christ is God. Now, many people, they don't even know the scripture is in the Bible, but you need to look at that scripture. It is foreign today. Many Christians even tremble at this verse because you allow the world to, to shape your thinking. Uh, but but the scripture does not listen to the culture. Matter of fact, if if the culture listens to the scripture, the culture would change. First Corinthians eleven three says, "But I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ. The head of a wife is her husband, and the head of Christ is God." Fathers. When was the last time you viewed yourself as a priestly father? Only when you view yourself as a priest in your home will you carry out your spiritual roles and responsibilities. Just as Job was a priest in his home and offered up burnt sacrifices for his children, God is calling men to be not only the head of the home, but also to be the priest in the home. 
Look at Job 1, 5 again. Job chapter 1, verse 5. It says, and when the days of the feast had run their course, Job would sin and consecrate them. He set his family apart. He had a house full of children. And he would rise early in the morning. Job had a prayer life. He had a worshipful life. And he offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. None of his children, no one in his house went unprayed for because he was the priest in his home. For Job said, it may be that my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did continually. In the time of the patriarchs, the fathers indeed served as priests offering sacrifices and prayers on behalf of their families. Fathers, not only are you the head of your home, but you should also be the priest in your home. As a priest, you have been set apart and consecrated to represent God before your family. When your children, when your wife uh, look at you, dad, they ought to see a picture of God's representative in that home. They ought, to, they ought to see you as a God representative in that home because you act like God. You look like God. You talk like God. You have the attitude of God. You worship God. You love God. And when they see you, when your grandchildren and your your children's children see you. They say, my dad is the most wonderful picture of what it means to look like God. Wow, that's that's tremendous. Now you say, well, what is a priest? What is a priest? You, I know I'm supposed to be the head of the house, but now you're telling me I got to be a priest. Well, let me just leave. I, wanna, I don't want to leave you hanging. A priest is one who shepherds his family. He shepherds his family. A shepherd attends the needs of, of the flock and you'd attend the needs of your family. You're to nurture your family. A shepherd protects his family. Look out for his family. Make sure his family is not devoured by the world and the wolves of the world. A priest oversees his, his family. You oversee every aspect of your family. It, it doesn't mean you're a dictator. You lovingly oversee the family. Make sure that all is well. A priest is one who manages his household well. You manage your family. You manage your finances. You manage the issues. You make sure things don't get all out of control. You don't become the issue. You settle issues. You don't start fires. You put out fires. You manage your household well. A priest is one who leads his family in the way of the Lord. With that being said, now let me transition. What, what are your priestly responsibilities as a father in your home? What are your priestly responsibilities as a father in your home? You have some, some responsibilities that you need to live up to according to scripture. And if you go home and implement these principles, I can assure you there will be transformation in your home. So what are your priestly responsibilities as a father in your home? Number one, it is your responsibility to pray for and with your family. 
It is your responsibility to pray for and with your family. Ephesians 6, 18a says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions, every occasion pray with all kinds of prayer, prayers and requests. Anything you pray about anything and everything you, you, you pray about the hurts, the concerns, the issues. Uh, when you don't know what to do, you pray. When your children are confused, pray. When you get stuck, pray. Uh, you, you, you just pray, pray, pray. Prayer is so vital for the spiritual development of your family. You should teach your children how to pray and bless their food. They shouldn't eat unless they pray. You need, dad, you need to, as a priest, you lay hands on your children and, and pray for them. You pray for them when they're sick. Children learn how to pray by seeing their parents praying along with God as well as each other. As a priest in your home, you are also to intercede in prayer for each of your children as well as your spouse. You need to be a praying man of God, especially when your children are out of the home. Dad, I I pose a question to you. When was the last time your child came into your room and found you on your knees praying? Praying to your heavenly father. When was that? When was the last time that your children heard your voice as you prayed for them? Jeremiah 29, 12 says, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me. And I will listen to you. Secondly, a priest, as a priest, you should be the spiritual covering for your family. You should be the spiritual covering for your family. Proverbs 14, 26 says, in the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence. The worst thing we can have is a weak man in the house, a, a wimp in the house, you know, a, a, a little uh, uh, just, just a little wimp. If you have strong confidence, it, it has to be in the Lord. And the scripture says, and his children will have refuge. Your, your home ought to be a place of refuge and not a place of chaos and havoc and disturbance, disturbance and emotional trauma. Your house should not be a war zone and you should not make it that. It is your Responsibility to protect your family physically and spiritually. As Pastor Rander continues, we are reminded that the father is the priest, protector, provider, and teacher of his home. No family is perfect. However, just look around to clearly see that generation after generation of families built on a solid biblical foundation are more likely to triumph victoriously through all aspects of life. While families lacking a biblically sound foundation tend to regress generationally, we must return to God while we still have time. Watch what your children are being taught in school by being involved in their education. They don't want you in their school, but you you go down there, you pay taxes. You go down to that school. Nobody can keep you from your children. I want to know what my children are doing. I pay taxes. I have a right to come in this building. Just follow the protocol when you get there. Amen. Amen. Know where your children are. Where you going? How long are you going to be there? You have a right to that. They, 
They come in there eating your bread, your food. You, you have a right to ask them where they going, what time you coming back. Don't tell me you don't know. Be specific. Speak with specificity when you talking to daddy. Okay. Oh, where you going, child? Where you going, boy? Where you going? Why are you coming back here after this time? There needs to be accountability and structure in the house. If you don't give your children accountability and structure, they will kill themselves. Know where your children are spending the night and who their friends are. Now, it used to be a long time ago, but we had sleepovers. It was pretty good. But now today, if I had young children, I wouldn't send them to a sleepover anywhere unless it was a sleepover in my house. If they're going to be one, oh, bring them over here. I'm not going over there because I don't know what uncle so-and-so going to come in that house. Oh, I don't know what that man is. I don't know. You don't know where the devil is. I, you have to safeguard. I'm not saying everybody's out to get your kids, but you, man, I, this is an evil day. It's not like it used to be. Y'all say, oh, for the good old days, stop dreaming. Stop dreaming. No more eating watermelon on the front porch. Cantaloupe on the front porch. No, no, no more sharing sugar and, and, and salt and all that stuff like they used to do. Those days are gone, y'all. The days are going to wax, going to grow worse and worse and worse. It is not going to be better. Know who your children are associating with and have common, open communication with your children to know what is going on with them in their lives. Don't cut your children off. Let them talk. When you cut them off, you, you, you don't let them express themselves. You know what's going on if you just let them talk. Uh-huh. Yeah, really. I, I, please tell me more about that. You know, don't, don't say what? Don't startle them. You, you, you won't get your information. Okay. Wow. Wow. That's, that's really, that's really interesting. Can you tell me more about that? Well, I never heard that one before. Tell me how that go. And why is that like that? Who told you that? Where did that come from? That's really, and just gather the data. Then once you gather the data, then you begin to kind of sift through all that you've heard and begin to work out the specifics to the glory of God. Monitor your child's social media and their cell phone. They will not have those cell phones at the table when you are eating, when you're out eating at the restaurant. No cell phone. Put them down. That's amazing. Y'all talking, we going out, we going out to lunch. And all, everybody in the family got their cell phone and you're texting and you're going this And at the end, y'all have eaten. You haven't talked to anybody. You're burping full. Get back in the car and you talk to everybody but your family. There are times you need to park the cell phone and not allow it to intrude on your family's conversation and wonderful uh, time of intimacy. And also protect your child's gender identity by being alert and informed as to what the culture is doing to shape your children. The culture is out to shape your children's thinking regarding their own sexuality. They want to, they, they and they're doing a good job, and some of y'all letting them do it because you, you, you kind of got your head in the sand. Let me just show you how bad it is out there. Listen to these couple of illustrations. For example, the U.S. House of Representatives passed the Equality Act on Friday, May 17, 2019, by a vote of 236 to 173. 
The bill would expand the Civil Rights Act of 1964 to also ban discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation, gender identity, pregnancy, childbirth, or a related medical condition in housing, public accommodation, and hiring. A politician said LGBTQ people deserve full civil rights protection in the workplace in every place, unquote. Christian conservatives and religious freedom advocates have voiced strong opposition to the bill in fear it could encumber religious freedom for communities and organizations that uphold tradition teaching, tr- traditional teaching on issues like marriage, abortion, and sexuality. Another example of this bill would be that parental rights would be lost. Parental rights would be lost. Political opponents to this bill say, I quote, that this is the most invasive threat to a parent's involvement in children's medical decisions. A son can actually go to a doctor without his parents' involvement at all even if the parents object vocally. Under this bill, the doctor has to treat the boy to ultimately uh, transfer over to be a female. This applies to children of all ages, not just teenagers, but also 11 and 12 year olds. In Ohio, there were parents who had their parental rights taken away from them because they refused to go along with giving hormone treatments to their teenage child. Y'all, you better wake up. Fathers, you had better rise up and be priests in your home and fight to protect your children from the onslaught of evil that is being perpetrated against them. Satan wants to destroy you. And if he can't get you and your wife, he's coming after your children with reckless intensity. He's coming. If he can't get you, he's coming after the children. He's coming after the grandchildren. Satan knows how to break your heart. Number three. It is your responsibility as a priestly father to sanctify your home, dad. It is your responsibility as a priestly father to sanctify your home. Second Corinthians chapter six, verse 17 says, therefore come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing and I will receive you. This is done by controlling and filtering what comes into your home and and screening out everything that gives room to demonic activity and for demonic activity to operate. You need to, your home need a spiritual cleansing. This will ensure your home is a Christ-centered atmosphere in which your family and those who enter in can sense the presence of God. People have walked in our home time and time, time and time again. They say, you know what, when I walk in here, I just sense peace all over this place. My wife, when you walk in there, you walk, when you walk in there, you're going to look to the side and you're going to see a whole array of crosses on the wall from all these countries and different places, just walls. And then you're going to see a, a, a scripture over here saying this and a scripture over here saying that and a scripture over, and she'll get that bottle of oil and she'll anoint them rooms and all that in a heartbeat. When people come into your house, what do they see? Some of y'all got, some of y'all have some pictures that shouldn't be on that wall. Some pictures that should be that that's too revealing pictures that are too secular in nature. Where, where are the, 
What are you putting on your walls to, to let folk know when they walk in here, this, this house belongs to Jesus? Where's the scripture for God so loved the world? Where's the scripture? Train up the child in the way he should go. Where's the, where, where are the scriptures in the house? You got how you got pictures of celebrities and pictures of presidents and pictures of this and that. But where's the scripture? Number, number four, a godly father will teach his children how to handle difficult circumstances in a spiritual way. A godly father will teach his children how to handle difficult circumstances in a spiritual way. He does this by maintaining self-composure. Dad, if you don't maintain self-composure, you're teaching your children how to lose it. You always flying off the handle and yelling. You too, mama. Uh, yelling and screaming, just hollering at the high pitch of your voice. You you up there so much that they don't even pay you in the mind because you always hollering. I mean, when you really mean business, you just talk normal, John. Didn't I not tell you? I mean, you, you'd have come at John. You would have come at John in such a way with a kind voice and a soft voice. He said, wow. She got me good and she didn't even raise her voice. You see, self-composure, under pressure. There will be times of pressure. When the pressure comes, not lashing out at your your spouse, dads and husbands, not lashing out. And why is not lashing out at your husband? Children shouldn't be lashing out at parents. And parents ought not be screaming out and, and all of that to their children. Not using profanity. Some homes is a profanity home. I mean, just a a home of vulgarity. The whole vocabulary is four letter words. And and you say, and then you want to spank your child because they use them. How are you going to spank your child and they learned it from you? Not using profanity and aggressive uh, behavior in a fit of rage. No cussing should be in your house. If it's not in your mind, it won't be in your mouth. You know what's coming out your mouth is in your heart. Proverbs 29, 11 says, a fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man keeps himself under control. I don't care how bad things get, you don't lose it. And let me tell you something, you can't correct a fool. I mean, if your husband's a fool, you might, you need to get out the way. That's right. Nothing is too low down for a fool. You can't correct a fool. All you do is pray for them that they come to their senses. Number five, God holds you responsible for teaching your children the Bible. God holds you responsible for teaching your children the Bible. It says in Deuteronomy uh, chapter six, verses six through nine. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontless between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Parents are responsible for saturating your children's lives with the scripture. But parents, you can't give your children the scripture if you don't have it yourself. It is your responsibility to read the Bible to your children. Ensure they attend vacation Bible school. When is the last time you took your child and brought them to Sunday school? Youth ministry on Wednesday. What about youth retreat? Practicing scripture memory with them. You must use every God-given opportunity to mold your children into Christ-likeness and not allow the world to squeeze them into its mold. 
I love the J.B. Phillips translation, which says in Romans 12 two. listen to this unique translation by J.B. Phillips. Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its mold, but let God remold your mind from within so that you may prove in practice that the plan of God for you is good, meets all his demands and moves forward and moves forward toward the goal of true maturity. Do not allow this world system to squeeze you or your children into its mold. The word of God is what strengthens you. It gives you direction. It fortifies you. It helps you to minister to your children. It helps you to know what to say, what not to say. It keeps you calm in the storm. The word of God is so essential. It is, it, the, the word of God is, is, is just like physical food to the physical body. Just like you need physical food to live, you need spiritual food to live spiritually, powerfully to the glory of God. Number six, it is your priestly responsibility to bring your children to church to worship Christ. It is your priestly responsibility to bring your children and your family to church to worship Christ. Hebrews 10, 24, 25 says, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves. In other words, not don't get in the habit of not coming to church. That's what that scripture is saying. As the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. The Lord is coming back and we need to be found in church. When, when, when death comes, where will death find you? Attending church should be non-negotiable in your home. Every father must set the spiritual tone for his family. He must pray, protect, provide, and teach. He must be regularly and actively involved in Christian fellowship and ministry, ensuring that his family is as well. He must faithfully contribute financially to his church and, by example, teach his family to do the same. He must be available to his family. Fathers, stand up for Jesus. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.